Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield and to say it was an interesting week in the markets might be putting it mildly. A lot of folks probably checking their 401k and thinking, well, I'm not going to be able to retire for a few more years. That had an effect in the way we saw agriculture trade as well. We're going to look at those influences and everything else that set the tone for this week's markets on this week's episode. It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. And welcome back once again. As you can see joining me, we've got Jeff Peterson. He is with Heartland Farm Partners and Darren Fry with Water Street Advisories. Lots of things, gentlemen, happening within these markets today. And I want to start out with you, Darren. Talk a little bit about this, this macro event that we had. And the markets is really dominated by them this week. Yeah, you know, because the feds are trying to get a hold of inflation, they're raising interest rates and the stock market is just very sensitive to that. And a lot of these individual uh Stock companies have been really in a bear market since uh, late last year, early this year. You take a look at some of the main ones like Amazon and Apple and Netflix and some of those. They have been in a, you know, topping action since late last fall. And so I just think a lot of people are concerned. And of course, the stock market, in my opinion, has got lower to go. And so there is that uh, concern that if they join up, it's going to get into our markets and and I think some of that is the concern that's liquidated some funds out of the market, especially when you look at wheat and corn this past week. Jeff, what about for you? What type of influence do you think this is going to continue to play on the role of agriculture? Well, I think when you have that pressure, and as they've talked about, when you take a look at uh, a lot of times people talk about from Wall Street, that VIX index, and we get that level up there a lot of times over that 30 level. And, and as a result of that, makes everybody a little bit nervous. It gives us a headwind. It keeps some people from, you know, stepping into the commodity market that may have usually, you know, been there. So anytime you've got that uncertainty, and I, and I think what also does it is the fact that we're coming off of COVID and we've got, you know, pressure all across mm -hmm. the globe. It'd be just different if it was in here in the U.S., but we look out over to China and we see what's happening over there. And you know, even though they're probably their lockdowns are improving some, as tight as they were locked down and, and the pressure that's putting on, you know, their economy. And, and I think one thing that's helped a little bit from China's side to hear them lowering some of their lending rates there, it gives everybody a little bit of confidence that maybe we can, in, you know, they're trying to take some steps that will help, but it, it makes a nervousness and it makes it, makes it harder. makes the market very jittery, Susan. Well, we did have a, a viewer question and that came with what came out late this week. And that was the desire to have some negotiations with Russia. And I don't even know if negotiations in Russia can be even used in the same sentence, gentlemen. But they're asking for the Black Sea region to get those ports opened up, to get some grain moved out of Ukraine. What are your thoughts? We'll start with you, Jeff. Well, you know, it ultimately we, we need bushels moved out of there. The world needs those bushels. But as far as, you know, Russia side, I, I don't think we're going to see anything happen there. Um, I, I don't think there's enough pressure, even though we talk about the sanctions and everything. I don't think there's enough pressure that's actually been put on on Russia. And, and I think they're looking at it and saying, hey, this is we're in a pretty good place right now. Our, our oil is worth more and our commodities that we have, whether that be, 
you know, our wheat is worth more. And ultimately, I, I don't think they're in any hurry to do that. What about for you, Darren? Is this something, I mean, can we move past this? Can we see some possible grain coming out? And is that going to put extra pressure on our markets? I think it's possible to move some of the grain out, but I don't think these talks are going to do it. I agree with Jeff. I I think that they benefited from the higher food costs and the higher um, energy costs and fertilizer and what they sell. And also the ruble has really strengthened since they went into Ukraine when it fell apart and it's come back a long way. And I think they're sitting in a pretty good place and I don't think they're too willing to negotiate. And so I do think while these things give the market hope and maybe you clear some funds out, maybe you do a wash rinse cycle on the market. I don't think it changed anything long-term. And I think we ultimately will go back higher again here in the weeks to come. You talk energy markets, that's definitely made an interesting trade for this week. Yeah, I know a lot of people have thought energies have topped. I'm certainly not one of those. I think natural gas has more to go and certainly crude. The RBOB looks good. Maybe heating oil has, has topped out some as we see that crack spread move over to the RBOB side as summer drive season kicks off. But I mean, I can't get real bearish any markets till we see some of these markets like energy's top. And I do think that the macro meltdown that is starting to happen could affect commodities, but I think inflation is too high. There's too many logistical concerns. And I think that'll support our markets at least into June, July, when the seasonal usually tops out. Well, we've seen, Jeff, some higher prices within this grain complex. How are, how are corn and beans, how are they surviving? How is the demand holding up as our prices continue to fluctuate? Yeah, and we're continuing to watch it. We know that as the prices go higher, we're going to you know, have some impact on demand. And you know, we, we keep a very close eye on that, uh, the EIA numbers on ethanol production and able to back into what we think is going on with the corn demand. And, you know, out of this last week, and I guess what we're tracking is a longer term. So we're saying, you know, how does it look for this crop year? So the, the crop year started on September 1st. It'll go through August 31st. And uh, ultimately for this last week, year to date, um, crop year to date, we're up about 8.4% on ethanol. USDA coming out of that May WASDE report had that number at 6.8%. So as we go down the road, if we even though we're a little bit of off pace this last week, you know, it still suggests down the road that we should be able to hit USDA's number and, and very well down the road may need to go ahead and bump that number just a little bit higher yet on the ethanol demand side as it goes back to corn. And then we're watching those export numbers very close. And, you know, over on the corn side, just to give you an idea, in the last WASDE report, they had basically our year-over-year -year demand looking back on the export sides um, down about 9.1%. And when we look at the weekly numbers, um, that would suggest right now we're down about 13.3%. Now, I've been very friendly corn exports. I thought because of what we had going on in Ukraine, and I thought because of the situation coming out of last year out of uh, that Safrina corn crop, that we'd probably be seeing a little bit better corn exports here. So I'm a little disappointed. Our window's closing. We know that we'll see some of that first harvest coming off off that safrina crop out of Brazil. You know, probably see some stuff first few days of June. Um, now that stuff is going to be a very limited amount, and obviously there's going to be strong demand on the domestic market. But as we go through the month and of June into July, we know we're going to see you know corn start showing up from the export side out of Brazil that we'll be competing against. Now when we look over on the soybean side, a little bit different note there. Um, USDA in the latest WASD report would would say that exports are going to be down about 5.4% compared to a year ago. 
And when we run our numbers here lately, we've been getting some good export uh, numbers on the bean side, not just on the sales side, but also on the inspection side. You know, we're currently only down about 3.6%. So even though in the last report in May, they did raise the soybean export number, uh, we expect that they're going to have to raise it again down the road. So, so, so far, everything Susan's holding in really well. All right, as we continue here at the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Darren, you and I had talked on Friday about this whole inflationary role that we're in right now, interest rates being changed by the feds. What does that mean for our proteins when we go to the meat counter looking to do that summer grilling? Do we see a pullback? Well, we've seen a pullback here in hogs, you know, and it's been counter seasonal. And obviously cattle have had their issues, especially in the front months, but uh, I'm more friendly as we get through summer into fall because of contracting hog herd, and I think numbers will be smaller on the beef side. But I do have some concerns over will we see those prices uh, fulfill themselves, what the, the charts are saying, if we do have some type of a consumer spending issue uh, late summer into fall. If we get in some type of meltdown where people don't feel comfortable about going out and spending because gas prices and other things have hurt them, I, I doubt we're going to be able to see meats, you know, beef especially, but also pork hanging in there at these lofty prices and move higher. So there are some concerns there for livestock producers longer term, I think. So how is a livestock producer, how do we ride the wave? Well, I think rallies in the summer have to be monitored real close and maybe hedges need to be put on. It's all tied together. And I, I do agree with Jeff that you know, um, there's a lot of tight inventories out here with corn, soybeans, even wheat getting tighter around the world. And we might see further meltups, but we have to take a look at all those things and see how they're interconnected. And maybe we need to get stuff hedged as we get into late summer. Well, Jeff, we know that what is planted in the ground now is going to have a big effect on our livestock producers as well. Can we see some excitement, maybe some positive things come Monday's reports from the USDA? Well, it's interesting. All eyes are basically, you know, been on the planning progress. And, you know, this last week, uh, last Monday at 49% on the corn side. And we think we should be up around 70% coming in uh, on Monday, uh, uh, you know, to show where our progress have been for the week. And, and as we take a look at that, how that compares, actually, we went back and next week, the five-year average should show about 76.8%. So overall, this crop's getting put in the ground later. I think we're also going to hear a lot of talk about the areas that have got planted and the areas that have not. If you look up in North Dakota, parts of South Dakota, parts of Minnesota, you know, that's going in very important. And in a year like this, as as uh, Darren has pointed out, you know, stocks are tight and we need to have everything go right. And in order to have everything go right, we need to have a very strong yield and we need to get that crop planted up there. So I think the slowness that we're having, we're going to end up having some additional talk or prevent plant that's going to come out of uh, North Dakota, parts of South Dakota, a little bit out of Minnesota. As we switch over to beans, you know, beans last week were 30%. Uh, this week, we think they'll jump up on Monday. We'll think they'll get up to about 50%. Believe it or not, Susan, that will be right in line with the seasonal average on the beans. But overall, both the corn and bean crop is getting planted a little bit slower than what we'd like to see. And it is pulling our yield back from what that trend line is. Well, it's definitely going to be some exciting times as, as we move into the next couple of weeks. Gentlemen, thank you so much for both of you joining us this weekend. Thank Thanks a lot, Susan.
All right. Just a reminder to folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss that aren't suitable to all investors. That's been this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff right here on the Rural Radio Network.